progressive ideas, conversations from schools, and the newest concepts in education. This is the School Leadership Podcast. Hello, and it's a very warm welcome to the School Leadership Podcast from NAHT. After last month's wonderful conversation about Betty Campbell and all she achieved in not just Wales, but across the country, we're staying with the concepts of equality, diversity and inclusion. Educating for Equality carries the aim of supporting schools as they look to instill the notions of equality, equity and social justice. It's about helping to shape responsible and ethically driven global citizens. Through research, they examine the impact of anti-racism education on staff, pupils and the wider community and help to identify the difference between diversifying and decolonising the curriculum. Natalie Arnott from NAHT got to spend some time with Sabrina Edwards from Educating Equality. And the first thing you'll hear is Sabrina setting out how she got to where she is now. So, yeah, I've been a teacher for about 20 years, in all, always in um, around London. I uh, started off teaching in Harrow and I moved around through Harrow and then Islington, Ealing and then back to Harrow. And um, I'm now a primary head teacher in Hillingdon and I've, I've been in that role now for five years. So I'm in year six and I've always just really loved higher education, really. I'm a stickler for courses and further qualifications. So I've got my master's in advanced educational practice. Um, where I focused on the impact of coaching within schools, which is another subject really close to my heart. And um, I've been reading and researching and writing about anti-racism in schools for a really long time, from some of my undergraduate essays that I wrote over 20 years ago to writing that I still do now. And I'm currently um, doing a professional doctorate in education and I'm really interested in researching the impact of anti-racism and equality education, the impact on children, the impact on schools and the impact on the community and on staff as well. So that's a little bit about me. Sounds like you're, you've had a long, long experience in history working in, uh, in schools and really interesting to hear uh, about some of the research that, that you're doing and, and, and have done. Um, just following on from that, I suppose it'd be good to hear about um, how the, the research that you're doing links into some of the, uh, the kind of offers of support that you're um, developing for schools um, and then to hear a little bit about what that looks like in, in practice. Last year, about a year and a half ago, two years ago even, I was really thinking more deeply about the role that that schools have in um, changing the world, which is where Educating for Equality's motto of changing the world one school at a time came from, because I really do feel that schools have such a huge vital part to play in changing the direction um, that children's lives can take. Um, And it's such an important job. So... I started thinking about how things that I was going to do in my own school um, to make a change for the better. And I thought, well, actually, we need we need more mobilisation than than that. We need lots of schools to be thinking about this kind of work and mobilising their school communities if we want the change to be long lasting and sustainable. So that is where the concept really for the Educating for Equality Awards Quality Mark and all of the um, support programmes and and CPD that we offer, that's when all of that was born. 
And I thought, well, actually, if it's school leaders that, that need to be um, doing this kind of work, what support do they need to be able to implement this in their schools? So that created the School Development Programme, which is a programme specifically for school leaders. And um, of course, the last year and a half being, you know, everything was done on Zoom and online, wasn't it? So um, that was mainly an online programme, but actually doing it online worked really well in that I had schools from all across the country, all different types of schools coming together with a common purpose. And we met for two hours, the, the sessions before, we had six of those across the year, looking at different aspects of school life and the different kinds of things you need to consider and think about if you want to embed anti-racism and gender equality in the very fabric of, of your school. You touched on um, that you'd had kind of leaders from across the country. Is that in primary, secondary and special schools as well? Would that be applicable to? Yeah, I, I did have a really broad range of schools. So we had maintained schools, we had um, independent schools, we had very small village primaries, we had really massive three, four, five form entry schools, we had inner city schools, we had rural schools. So it was a really lovely mixture of schools who were coming together. And actually the, the richness of the discussions they were having together, I think added to the impact that that, that course had on, on the schools that took part. So the six sessions, so we've got one session where we look at the, um, the, the general role of school leaders within this work, what the research tells us, some of the statistics and data, essentially the, the reasons why this work is important. We start to think about action planning and just creating links with the different professionals so that we've started to have those professional discussions happening away from the sessions as well, which we thought was really important. Another session is on um, how, as a school leader, you plan for effective CPD. What should a CPD plan look like? What kinds of things could you have in it? Where do you start? What kind of organisations can help you to embed that CPD in your school? And thinking long term, not just, oh, you know, we've done our one session on anti-racism, you know, we've, we're done but thinking about, okay, what will a two or three year plan look like and how, how we can go about resourcing that. We have a session on curriculum and resource development. So thinking more deeply about what decolonizing the curriculum really means and the difference between diversifying the, the curriculum and decolonizing the curriculum. And we start to look at some resources and tools and curriculum planning ideas for developing the school curriculum and, and teaching and learning in different ways. We then have a session on working with parents and working with the local community, thinking about our, our stakeholders and how we bring everybody on board and how we can ensure everybody feels included in the process. And then we have a session on policies and procedures, thinking about Recruitment and retention of staff is a really important one and how you can create de-biased strategies for recruiting staff and retaining the staff once you have them. And then the final session is um, thinking about next steps, thinking about sustainability, sharing the journey that the different schools have been on. And, and I know from the feedback I've got from that session, that's one of the things that schools found really useful, is just hearing about what other schools have done that have shown great impact 
and things that have been really effective and things that they tried that weren't effective and having the opportunity to really discuss those in, in more detail. I suppose just on that, I was interested to know whether or not, you know, how did you put the course together? Was it from your own experiences or was it from conversations with other school leaders? Um, how did you, I suppose, go about thinking about what do, what does it comprehensively need to include or what, what does a, um, effective support look like? Because I know, you know, um, many school leaders are out there and, and doing bits of this work or some aren't quite sure where to look on, on certain aspects. So, so how did you kind of approach that? Development. Yeah, I started actually with looking at current research and things that, that in, in the academic world, when they're researching what schools should be doing in terms of anti-racism and gender equality, I started looking at that and thinking, okay, if, if these are the things they're saying schools should be thinking about, how can I create a kind of learning CPD programme that, that mirrors what the research tells us we should be taking into consideration so that was my starting point and then just you know considering I'm a school leader as well thinking about all the things that I know I would need to consider when trying to embed something because I think one of the things I've tried to make really clear is that this isn't an initiative you know when you're when you're making a change or just introducing a new initiative the process I think is slightly different and sometimes initiatives can fizzle away, can't they? You know, you've done that for a couple of years and then it gets forgotten about. But this isn't an initiative. This is about how you embed something into your practice. So as you said there, I thought, well, you've got to, you've got to start with um, why we're doing it. Then you've got to have really clear, um, practical ways of how to do it. And then you need to have lots of opportunities to have professional discussions within that and then share the learning at the end. And well, it's the end of the course, but it's not the end of the journey for these schools. So that's where, that's how that's how I shaped the course essentially. Were there any really clear learnings that that came through that you might be able to share with us from those who kind of took part in the course and 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 have you heard about how their journey's going since they've done this? Yeah, I mean, the, I've got some really fantastic evaluation feedback from all the schools that took part. They said some of the things they found the most valuable were the sessions on curriculum and the sessions on CPD where they were actually that they actually were given practical things they can take back to school and actually do with their staff and one of the things that lots of the schools said was how much more confident they felt at introducing these concepts and ideas with their staff teams because they'd attended the course and had the opportunity to discuss it amongst um, kind of peer amongst their peers and, and like-minded school leaders so I, I think those were some of the takeaways that, that I felt were um, really impactful for those schools. I think other examples would be the work on policies so some of the things that, that they took away were really robust ideas of what what to include in your equality policy so that it's meaningful and live and actionable and isn't just a policy that sits there until the next time you look at it and I think that's what's What's the most positive thing for me about the, the feedback that I got was how it just gave everybody a lift and everybody at the end was just so kind of positive about where their schools would be heading next and wanting to do more. And I think that's the, the most important thing, that it isn't seen as a tick box exercise. It is seen as the beginning of a journey that a school will be on and 
you know a lot of the schools we're still in contact and we have a we, we created a shared google drive for example that where we're all putting in things that we're doing and plans that we've made or resources that we've created or interesting articles that we've read so that that community um, and that network of professionals can continue and we can continue to help each other and these are schools all across the country with such different demographics so that's been really lovely so for those who are maybe um looking to find out a little bit more or um aren't sure if this is if this would be relevant for them who who do you think um this might you know might be of interest to um who might not have been involved before and, and what would you know what would trying to gain the equality mark kind of look like for, for them yeah so the alongside the school development program there are a lot of other things that that i offer as well so some schools prefer to have a bespoke offer for their school and they prefer um, me to come in and lead insets or bespoke workshops that are specifically for their staff teams and and that works as well and then some schools have done both where they've they've sent their you know maybe their head or deputy or their a couple of middle leaders on the, the school development program course as well as have workshops taking place as well but the the quality mark runs alongside it and i think for schools that either don't quite know where to start or are already on a journey and would like to just celebrate that i think the quality mark is a really fantastic tool for that because what that provides you with is really robust criteria as i said earlier that is completely rooted in research informed practice and i think that's that's what makes it a little bit unique that you know there are three levels of of the quality mark and i thought really hard about the names actually that that were given to the three awards because i wanted them to describe the stage of the journey a school would be on rather than a, a leveled kind of bronze silver gold so they the names are the allegiance award that's the first level then the champion award and then the flagship award um, and, and the idea is that each award takes between 12 and 18 months to complete, depending on where the school is at when they start. And um, I'm not sure if this was the question you asked, Natalie, but I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll now, so I might as well carry on. <laughs> and, and each award has the same three themes. And again, that is based on what the research tells us schools need to be thinking about. And sometimes I find some quality marks and some awards can have so many different sections to them that they become really, really overwhelming. So the um, creation of these quality marks was a real labour of love, really, and took many, many months of collaboration with other school leaders and other experts in the field, um, comparison with research and journal articles and papers and books to make sure that the criteria that were in there were worded really succinctly, worded really clearly, um, and if schools were achieving them, they would be able to evidence that they've achieved them, but also if they have achieved the criteria in that particular award, then you know that that school is doing really great work and isn't just paying lip service to, to equality. So the three themes are leadership and management, that's the first one, then we've got teaching, learning, curriculum and resources all together in the second theme. And the third theme is staff CPD. And everything that a school needs to do to really embed this work is under those three umbrella themes. And there are between six and seven criteria within each theme. 
So it's really manageable. It's not overwhelming and it's not um, written in a way that um, schools wouldn't be able to achieve it. Before I um, kind of launched it more widely, we did have a pilot programme. So I had a few schools on the pilot programme who um, gave me lots of feedback about the criteria, about the process itself, so that we could make sure that when it was launched, wide, at, launched more widely to schools, that, that it was a really great product and service that we were launching to schools. So what schools get when they sign up or register for the, the Allegiance Award, you get the criteria, you get some audits to help you to audit your school um, in different areas. And then the schools are then, then work independently, essentially, towards achieving the criteria and finding their own ways to evidence them. And then once they're ready, they submit their evidence. Those are assessed by uh, an assessor from EFE. Um, and then once they move on to the Champion Award and Flagship Award stage, there would also be an accreditation visit, um, which is a little bit more in depth, where you'd have a, an accredited person come in to, to see what's actually happening um, in school. So that's the quality mark in a, in a nutshell. Have you got many um, schools that have been involved and started at, the, at that allegiance level and are, and are working their way up or have worked their way up to the to the flagship um, mark or maybe started in the middle or, or, or at the top even and, and, and have jumped straight, straight in? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Actually, I've had some schools ask whether um, they can kind of jump straight to the top. And actually, I, I can't really advise against that because... I think it's really important to make sure that they've got the basics right first um, before jumping straight ahead. So we've got at the moment six schools across the country who've achieved the Allegiance Award. We've got a couple of schools who are now going for their Champion Award from the schools that achieved the Allegiance Award last year. And I've got quite a large number of schools who've already registered for the, the Allegiance Award this year. And then, of course, once they register, it's then up to them really to to do all the work in school and of course I, you know along with the registering for the award you get um, unlimited email support so I'm there at the end of an email at any time to answer questions and to provide whatever support I can and um, they also get um, free uh, a free coaching support call as well at any point during the process and then if they want any additional bespoke support or they would like to join the school development program and we do advise to do them simultaneously because they follow each other really nicely and if you're doing the school development program then everything that you need to cover or think about in your school will be covered there and then it becomes easier to evidence when you're um, submitting your evidence for the award. Where can people find out uh, a bit more information or, or how they can get involved? Where, where is the best place to direct them to? The, the best place really is the website, that's um, www.educatingforequality.co.uk or you can email on info at educatingforequality.co.uk. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, I'm, I'm not the biggest tweeter, um, I'm just learning about social media if I'm completely honest, it's not, not my um, area of expertise but I am on there so if anybody would like to follow me on Twitter it's um, equality underscore ed. You could find me on there. One thing I didn't say earlier, actually, is uh, another bit of feedback that I had from a, one of the schools that did achieve the Allegiance Award last year. And it, it was so lovely to hear this feedback. And it's from um, the deputy at the Barnhurst Federation. And I'll quote her, her feedback here. She said, 
This pro process has started a change in our school, a change in our curriculum, a change in the lives of the little humans who will one day be tomorrow's leaders and change makers. We are so excited that we have taken this first step. We also can't wait to see where we go next, as we have definitely not finished our journey yet. And when I got that feedback, I thought, it's just so lovely. That's, that's, what, my, that's what our aim is, really, to make, to help schools to help their children to be those change makers. And the conversation you've just been party to was between Sabrina Edwards from Educating for Equality and the NEHT's Natalie Arnott. As you heard, the work of the organisation can be found online at educatingforequality.co.uk. That's all one word, educatingforequality.co.uk. Thank you, as always, for listening to the School Leadership Podcast. All future episodes, all content from us uh, on the podcatchers can easily be yours by subscribing on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, there's Spotify, Amazon Live or Radio Public are some of those key platforms. We're also very open to hearing what you have to say about the podcast, suggesting guests, uh, any viewpoints you've got at all about uh, the podcast will be more than welcome. If you're able to take a few minutes as well to write an online review, that would be much appreciated. NEHT is a professional association and union for school leaders. To discover more about the benefits of being an NEHT member, go online to neht.org.uk forward slash join. And on social media, our Twitter handle is at NEHT News. We'll speak to you next time. For regular and useful content on the teaching profession, it has to be the School Leadership Podcast. The school Leadership Podcast. The school Leadership Podcast. The school Leadership Podcast.